0: You know, God is moving always, and uh it's up to us to, you know, we have to trust that He's moving when it looks like He's not. That's right. yeah, isn't that right? You know, and we've, how many, as I'm sure everybody could raise their hand, you know, you've prayed prayers that look like that they just dissipated into the ether somewhere, and... uh wonder what happened to that, and then, you know, you almost forget about it. And then here comes the answer, and the Lord reminds you, I heard that prayer, and I've answered it. And so we need to have faith today that all the prayers that we've prayed uh, personally and, you know, corporately as a body, that all the prayers that we've prayed and confessions that we've made and the good things that we've declared are coming to pass yes. in Jesus' name. And even if we don't see it coming to pass. How many's ever done that? Prayed a prayer and it looked like nothing was happening. And and then all of a sudden a lot's happening. And uh there's some good things coming for this church and for our ministry and here. When I say our ministry, I'm not talking about me and Scarlet. I'm talking about me and Scarlett and all of you, amen. And some of you that are watching by internet, you're a part of this ministry. And, uh, you know, together we can reach the world, literally touch the world. Uh, and uh, when uh, Oral Roberts was alive, of course, and president of Oral Roberts University, he when he uh, read that scripture from Mark 16 about going into all the world, and preach the gospel, his interpretation of it, which I agree with, was into every man's world. In other words, it didn't just necessarily have to be, uh, even though we want it to be, in every tiny village and (laughs) tree in the jungle and anybody's living under a tree in the jungle, we want them to hear the gospel too. But not so much in the sense of we think of all the nations, but into every man's sphere and every man's world and well, you know, we have certainly y'all, y'all that have been here a part of this ministry. You know that that's been true for this ministry—that we have reached into some areas and some worlds that's very difficult to break into. But the Lord opened that door, Amen. And we and we marched right in. You know, it's funny how God moves. Uh, I'll tell you a little story about the Pentagon. Scarlet was on the list. Uh, to, to come in you know every person 's handled separately you can 't go in as a couple or a group i mean they don 't they don 't acknowledge anything but individual uh, i identification and so uh she went in first and uh and was rejected. <laughs> Something happened uh so somebody can make a decision in a place like that at a drop of a hat. how many's ever dealt with the military and Sometimes it's no and no, no and no, no and no, you're not getting an explanation. You don't need to know. So she was rejected <laughs> and sent outside to stand in the rain. At least there was a canopy out there, but it was pretty nasty weather and I couldn't do anything to help her. And I had to go because I was on the, uh you know, on the program to speak, as you know, as you saw uh here and. We were just praying. I told her, don't give up. Don't go far. Just hang there. And we were praying. Long story short, uh, you know, she got in. Not only did she get in, but we got invited all the way into General Milley's office for uh, a time of uh, of meeting with him. And he spent a long time with us. It uh, was at least 30 minutes that we were with General Milley. Now that may, that name may not mean anything to you, but he is currently right now, if you watch the news, you'll see him. He's the uh, chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff for the United States military. In other words, he's over the head of the army. He's over the head of the Navy. He's over the head of the Air Force and so forth. So, uh, uh, I thought about that. I thought how one minute, <laughs> You know, here's Scarlet, Pastor Scarlett, one minute, she's standing outside in the rain. And the next, a couple of hours later, she's in the top office in the whole Pentagon. It's just the way God moves and works, isn't it? And we were believing God, claiming favor. <laughs> and uh God moved and, and things happened. And so you just have, that's the way your life sometimes looks like. You know, just because you get shoved out in the rain and the door slams, doesn't mean that's the end of it. Amen. You just keep standing there in the rain, praising God that you're a child of God and that you have favor with God and man. And that's not the message, but that's pretty good, isn't it? That's a that's a pretty good uh, exhortation. Let's look at Hebrews 11. I'm going to look at a couple of scriptures today. Hallelujah. So we do appreciate everything that everybody does as part of this church. And um, we, you know, in, in numbers or whatever, we may not look like much right now, but you just hide and watch. Hallelujah. If one puts a thousand to flight and two puts 10,000, you keep doing the math on that and we do pretty good. Amen. Uh, just a small group. Hebrews eleven one and, and I want to say something about that. You know, we should be very grateful that we're able to meet. There are churches still in certain states and places that are not able to meet. And the large churches, the big mega churches, um, they're really in trouble because they can only, in most places, only have 50 people at a time. So can you imagine you've got, say, 2,500 people in your church and you can only meet with them 50 at a time, all spread out. It just becomes impossible to have church. And there's churches um, in certain states that are still not able to meet. Isn't that something? It's going into like nine months now with no public service. So we're grateful. I'm grateful that we can meet. Amen. And not get arrested by the Gestapo and the KGB and whoever else they're sending in. All right, Hebrews 11, 1, I'm preaching on living by faith, and uh, I want to encourage you to continue to live by faith. I tell you, uh, I heard Kenneth Hagin say one time a prophecy many years ago. He said, the day is coming in the United States when only those who know how to live by faith are going to make it that's what he said and you thought when he said it oh come on you know i mean i, I of course you know no no disrespect there but you know your the one thought you have is oh come on how could things ever get that bad and that awful and terrible that only those who live by faith can make it but now we're seeing that day i think is already upon us in many places and so uh um, wow we've got so much to be grateful for and thankful for. I'm telling you right now, if you've got a roof over your head and uh, some means of transportation and food on your table, you need to thank God. Because there are people that are really suffering and are are uh, coming to the place where they don't know what to do. And I believe God's going to help our country. Amen. But well, we do need to pray this election through and uh, get the right people in office. Amen. That's not going to to make the problem any worse. Amen. Hebrews eleven one talks about faith, and it's what we call the great hall of faith because it talks about the great Bible heroes and what they did by faith. And I want to show you something there about living by faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things. Not seen. Now, uh, Geraldine, if you could put that up there in the Amplified, the, it really explains it here. This is so beautiful explanation. Now, faith is the assurance. Look at that, the confirmation, and this the, this little phrase here is so beautiful. The title deed. How many know a title deed has weight in court? Amen. There's an issue about a a car or a boat or a plane or a piece of property, the title deed. Whose name is on that title deed? That's important, isn't it? It says, faith is the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact, what is not revealed to the senses, Amen. So, just because we don't sense it with, with our five senses, doesn't mean it's not real. A lot of people say, "Well, I'll believe it when I see it." Well, why would you need to believe it then? There's no be- whether you believe it or not, there it is. I'll believe it when I see it. Well, there's no believing. There's that's ridiculous. it's, it's an oxymoronic statement. I'll believe it when I see it. Or I'll believe it when I can feel it or taste it or smell it or feel it with my hands. But no, praise God, by then you just know it. You don't have to believe anything. Amen? That's like me saying I'm believing God for a plaid jacket. Well, I'm wearing it. I don't have to believe. It's here whether I believe or not. (laughs) And if I said I don't believe I have it, you would say, well, what's wrong with you? Are you crazy or just stupid? Which is it? Because, you know, you're wearing the thing. Amen. So we, our faith works. You'll notice here a lot of talk when you when you study the Bible about the subject of faith. There's a lot of text about uh, this idea here, uh, the proof of things we do not see. There's two realms. And if you don't understand the two realms, you'll never really quite get faith. There's the seen realm that we are all right in here today. But did you know at the same time that there's the seen realm, that there's the unseen realm? And, and faith shines in that unseen realm. Amen. Praise God. All right. And so we have that. That's kind of what we call the Bible definition of faith. This is something you need to study. You need to mark it down in your Bible. If you don't have an Amplified Bible, I recommend you get one um, and uh, and mark some of these scriptures. Amen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Now notice they didn't obtain a good report by uh, their their works or their flesh, but by faith. Amen. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, and that things which are, um, which are seen, were not made of things which do appear. The things which are seen are made of things which do appear. You know, I had Sunday school teacher. Who told me one time that when God created the earth, he took a big, you know, like a big Play-Doh ball and just kind of smashed it around. And with his finger, he mushed up the mountains and with his finger, he made the valleys. And that sounds really cute, but it's not scriptural. She might as well read, uh, Peter Rabbit and, uh, you know, Goldilocks next. Because it's, it's, it's about as far-fetched as that. And it sounds cute, but it doesn't work. And it's bad to teach children that. Because it makes God into some kind of wizard of oz that, you know, with, with his giant hands did all this. But that's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say he made the earth with his hands. It says he made the earth with his words. Hallelujah. This is the realm in which God operates. God is the inventor of faith. Amen. He is his idea. And he's trying to show us through the word, even from the first books and verses of the Bible in the book of Genesis, where God said, and it was so. Amen. God framed the earth by his words. And we frame our world by our words. Praise God. Now I'm glad I got a hold of this as a young man. My parents, praise God, invited Brother Hagan to come to our church and teach. And it was the first we'd really ever heard of creative words and, and, and confession brings possession. And those messages were, were fresh and new. And I remember even as a young man, uh, you know, 12, 13 year old boy, I remember struggling with confession in my mind, I thought, well, well just because you, you know, it doesn't matter what you say. We had been taught by good, well-meaning people. It doesn't matter so much what you say. It's what's in your heart that counts. It's what you believe that counts. It doesn't matter what you say. I don't know if anybody else had ever heard anything like that. But so I'm on that program. That's the only program i had been given is the, you know, it matters, you know, how about your heart? Is it right with God? God looks at your heart. Well, there's truth there. Amen. God does look at the heart. But, at the, and, and look at, meaning, usually what we mean when we say God looks at the heart, what we really mean to say is God looks at our intention. God looks at what we meant to do, what we mean. Amen. From our heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the Bible says the mouth speaks. Ha! Huh, praise God. I get ahead of myself here. But, uh, even with, even with that, the Bible has more to say about what we say than what we believe. And yet we've put such an emphasis on belief. And, uh, you know, we have plaques that say believe and very few that say say. <laughs> Even though <laughs> the word say is uh, as much in the Bible or confess as is, or more so than the word believe. Amen. So it took me a while. Stubborn and brainwashed, amen. It took me a while as a young person to overcome those things, those bad teachings, and get a hold of something that worked better with with the actual Bible. Hallelujah. Glory. Well, once I started using that and started working it, you know, it's like other people, I'd say something once and then didn't see instant change and say, there, it doesn't work. But then I finally, by listening... I mean, Brother Hagan would get up, I played the organ for his meeting, and uh, so I have to be at every service. Eight, sometimes eight day, eight day crusades back to back, uh, you know, we'd maybe have a few days of travel and set up and tear down in between. And we'd have at least two services a day with Brother Hagen, morning and night, and nine times out of ten, he'd get up and read, Mark eleven, twenty 22, 23, and 24. And I was sitting there thinking, does he not have any more material than that? Is that it? How is he drawing these huge crowds with one scripture reference? But he knew that he had a, a mandate from the Lord. To, to He said the Lord told him, teach my people faith. And that's what he did. He didn't care what you thought about him. He didn't care if you thought it was good or bad. He's going to teach faith. And he did, and thank God for it, got it into us and changed our lives. Amen. And then we begin to say consistently, whether we felt it or not, which is what this scripture says, not with the senses, but with just trusting the word, we're going to keep saying and agreeing with the Bible. Hallelujah. I actually had a Pentecostal official tell me one time. He said, you know, you faith people and uh the Pentecostal church is not on the same page. And I said, I beg to differ. I think we're exactly on the same page. He goes, no. He said, he said, Hagan. Now, this is what he said. He said, Hagan and Copeland, they say that things have got to come to pass just because they said it. Uh and I knew where he was going with that. And I said, Well, that's not right. That's not that's not why we believe and preach the way we do. Now how can you argue with the scripture? He says, Alright, well set me straight then. And I said, We say it so because God says it so. Not because Hagen said it. Not because Copeland or Horton said it, but because God has said it. So real faith and real confession, is this helping anybody here? Real faith and real confession is just agree, really simply agreeing with the word no matter what else is presented as fact. Well how is that hard for a Christian? Shouldn't be, should it? How many believe if God is God, He's not a liar? And he doesn't—he doesn't write one thing and then do another, or say one thing and do another. That would be a two-faced God. We say he's two-faced, but God's not two-faced, is He? He's the same God. With God, there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. God's word. The glory of man, the Bible says, is as of grass. It's going to burn up and wither and fall away. But the word of God is sustained forever. Amen. That's real faith teaching right there. But notice again that it's through faith. You see these terms. Now faith, through faith. If you keep reading, it says by faith. Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. And then you keep reading verse after verse, by faith Enoch, and on and on, uh, by faith Abraham, so forth and so on. All these beautiful stories of the Old Testament of those who, it says, subdued kingdoms, conquered things, shut the mouths of lions, all this by faith. Amen. Somebody might say, well, it was really not that at all. It was by God's sovereign will. Well, why doesn't it say that then? (laughs) What did it say was by God's sovereign will? God just did it. No, it says that they did it by faith. Woo, praise God. That means you can do something by faith. That means I can do something by faith. And you know, it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And the spirit of God is the spirit of faith. Well, we might not have the physical strength or the financial strength or the or the connections or the favour or whatever we think we need. To accomplish things, but we have faith. And so God if we'll stay in faith, God will bring the the connections, the favor, the money, the healing, the the uh the joy, whatever we need in our life, the relationships that we need, God will bring those all to pass if we'll just trust Him. Stand in faith. Remember, how many remember the teaching I've done so many times from uh, Romans 4 where Abraham, (laughs) hallelujah, says he was strong in faith. Doing what? Very strenuous thing that he had to do to show strength in faith. Very difficult. Very, only the smartest people can get it. And here's what he did. Glory to God. Okay, some of you missed it. It was so quick. <laughs> I'm being facetious on purpose. But it says he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. That what God had promised, he was able to perform. How many believe that, that, that what God has promised, he's able to perform? Yeah. Otherwise, he shouldn't have said it, right? But he how many know he is able? Yeah. He is able. To get behind our words and make that mountain move, get behind our words and open that floodgate of blessing. blessing. But not if we poke around and go, "Well, I don't know." I've been praying, y'all keep praying. I don't know. It just looks bad, smells bad, tastes bad. It's bad. Well, (laughs) that's not much faith in that, is there? That's kind of pathetic. A lot of people go there. They sound religious because they say they're praying. Well, what are you praying? And who are you praying to? Are you praying to... It's almost an insult to go to God and say, well, I'm asking you to do this. Don't know if you can or not. Well, then maybe you need to get a new God or something. I don't know. You know, this one ain't working out too well. But God the Father who we worship and love and adore and believe in and believe His holy word... You know, when he he says it, it's so. I hope you're getting something out of this. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. So, there is a verse here stuck in the middle of these by faith club people. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Look at that. does it say without love, even though faith works by love. does it say without connections. <laughs> Doesn't say without holiness even. Wow. It says without faith. It is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him so you can take your own time and read through all these great heroes of faith fathers in faith and probably add your own story of things that you've done by faith amen and uh, and 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 um of course god gets all the glory and all the praise we don't take it for ourselves and go what a great faith person i am look what i accomplished We give Him the glory and honor and praise because it's all done by His Spirit. But we need to give that Spirit a chance to work. (laughs) You know, faith is really the soil where the plants of miracles and the fruit of miracles are grown. Faith is the soil. Talk about the heart being the soil. There's a story there. But, Faith is a, is kind of a soil, isn't it? I could give you a packet of burpee seeds. <laughs> How many remember those burpee seed packets? You can get those. I think you can still get them. You can get some seeds of some some cucumbers or tomato seeds or whatever you're planting, and you can go out there and just throw it out there on the street, and nothing's going to grow from that. It's just going to be wasted seed. But if you plant it in a nice pot or in your yard with some good soil and fertilizer and compost and whatever else you mix together, uh, to, to make a soil and you put that in there and water it and nurture it and a little fertilizer, praise God, it won't be long for you'll see something popping up, right? And from that seed will grow a mighty plant with some fruit and some, uh, some things that are a blessing. And that's the way faith is. You need to see that as your words being seeds of faith that you plant in the soil. Amen. And you see that come up and and produce fruit. And somebody says, my goodness, what a blessing. Say, yeah, well, we confess that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, one of the things that I wanted you to see this too, because you know I call it the word of faith autopsy. They have funerals try to figure out you know where somebody missed it, why they died, which bugs me because it's it's ridiculous but um, you know you have you have all these beautiful stories of what people did by faith and we consider them. The Faith heroes we don't talk about some of these over here that are in the same uh verse of scripture look at uh, look at verse thirty six hebrews eleven thirty six can we get that up? Others, now this these are still in faith. <laughs> Others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. That doesn't mean they smoked pot. That means they had rocks thrown at them. You have to say that for the millennials or they'll think, well, cool, they got stoned in the Bible. They were stoned... They were sawn asunder. Oh, I saw a a drawing of what that looks like one time. It's not good. Don't look at it. Were tempted. Were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Keep reading. Of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Keep reading. (laughs) You don't, you don't hear much of this scripture at faith conferences. I'm just saying. We stop at the glorious subduing kingdom part, but then we go, nobody wants to read this. (laughs) And these all having obtained, look at that. All of them with all that horror and tragedy, According to the word, obtained a good report through faith. Guess what? Here's a shot. Brace yourself. Don't fall out in the aisle. We're not the judge. That, I got one little weak amen out of that. <laughs> Say it louder, Sister Marie. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Glory. (laughs) Ah, Listen, we're not the judge, right? And we become the judge. Well, I don't know if they would have really gone where the Lord showed them to go. Everything would be great. And I don't know, something, you know. They missed it. I have sat through so many funerals where this was the discussion in the preacher section. And I'm thinking, well, what about these? All, all these that had, that got sawn asunder. Having obtained a good report through faith. Received not the promise. Keep reading. God having provided some better thing for us. That they without us should not be made perfect. So you can see here, was just, I had to throw that in, that, you know, some listen, it doesn't matter what other people think. Sometimes you're walking in a level of faith that if they had to go through that same trial, would not survive it. Would have not done as well as you did. Brother Hagin used to say, don't judge another person's faith. You don't know. If you were in their shoes, you wouldn't have done as well as they have done. Somebody that looks like, well, they didn't get their healing, or they didn't get their money, or they didn't get whatever it was they were believing for. And it's like, I don't know, something's wrong. And it's like, you need to shut up. Because according to Scripture, even some that looks like that they are just not making it, are still in faith and obtaining a good report by faith and get told when they get to the gates of heaven, enter in thou good and faithful servant. I'm telling you, we've got to be balanced on this and preach the whole counsel of God. Yes, it's God's will. Jesus died on the cross so that we would have salvation and healing and prosperity and blessing. But I'll tell you what, there's a devil loose in this world too. And he attacks people. And he knows how to do the double whammy on some of them. And you say, well, you know, they seem to be in faith. And at the end, they just (laughs) up and died. Well, you know, listen, don't judge that. You don't know what they had in their heart. Or the deal between them and the Lord. Can I get an amen for that? You know, it's pretty bold to stand here and preach that. But I'm telling you, it's the truth. We don't know everything. We're not... Brace yourself. We're not, you're not, and I'm not. We're not the Wizard of Oz. Don't step behind the curtain. There's nothing to see there. I think we'd all be doing good to mind our own business. Woo! How's that for some pastoral advice? Amen. We see somebody struggling. Put your arm around them instead of criticizing them and saying, "Well, your problem—you're you're not getting thanked." In, in fact, I think there might be sin in your life. Well, that's all you need. Sometimes, just why don't you just shoot me? Because you know I'm here hanging by a thread, and then you come along and do that. The church world is full of that stuff. It's 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 ungodly. It's not the spirit of Christ. Amen. And how about when you see your brother or sister in the Lord struggling, how about an arm around their shoulder and just say, I just want you to know that I love you and that I'm standing with you. How about that instead of, you know, I think I, I have a word for you. Well, I got a word for you. It's just not usable in mixed company. Sorry. All right. <laughs> All right. Finally, we got over here. One little tiny verse. Uh, Romans fourteen twenty-three. The latter part says, "For whatsoever is not of faith is sin." And when we look at that, it really encourages us. Amen. To to uh, to walk by the word, doesn't it? Stay in faith. Amen. Um, Jeremy Pearsons, who is, um, Brother Copeland's grandson, has a great ministry. I heard him say one time we, we were together in a conference. When I say together, we were both on the, uh, on the speak, on, you know, speakers at this conference in, in Australia. And, um, I heard him say something that stuck with me. He said, in our family, the Copeland family, he said, uh, we, um, we had this, this uh belief system that we're going to get everything we need by faith. And he said, if we couldn't get it by faith, we didn't want it. In other words, if we had to do some weird arrangement or something strange to get it, and, and you know, let's strain, strain yourself to try to make something happen, then we didn't want it. But if it if it worked and the lord was behind it and we could get it with our faith then that's the one we wanted that's the idea or the situation and i love that that stuck with me if we can't get it by faith we don't want it amen the bible says the blessing of the lord makes rich or fat and addeth no sorrow to it and if we're if we're happen to to uh jump through hurdles and rearrange everything and be weird and compromise, then we're not in faith anymore and we don't want it. It's going to have sorrow with it. The arrangement or the situation is going to have sorrow. I'd rather not have sorrow. How about you? Life is tough enough without adding sorrow to it from bad decisions. Amen? I'm sure we all could say, there's things we've signed on to in the past that we wish we hadn't. <laughs> and situations that we wish we would have never approved. But praise God, we can avoid that if we'll just follow two things, the Word, which I preach today, and the Spirit of God, which will, uh, confirm the Word. And I'll tell you what, if you say, well, I'm, I'm gonna do this thing come hell or high water, and the Holy Spirit's tugging you and pulling you back and going, Don't say that. Be careful. Don't sign that. You know, pulling you back, pulling you back. You need to listen to the Spirit. Because the Lord's not trying to take anything away. He's trying to get something to you and be a blessing. Can you say amen? Did that help you today? Little shot in the arm, faith lesson. Let's lift our hands and praise the Lord. Thank God for the Word. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to pray for those of you that are watching still online. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for our friends and partners that are watching online today. Lord, may this message touch their lives. Anyone that needs a healing, I thank you that uh, they can put their hand where they're suffering. And Jesus, you can touch them there. In the name of Jesus, be healed and be whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Be healed. We command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, any kind of internal malady or problem, diabetes, cancer, arthritis, uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, uh, ALS, all these terrible things, COVID. In the name of Jesus, bow your knee. To the name of Jesus. Bow your knee to the finished work of the cross from Christ. In Jesus name, amen. Praise the Lord.